You are listening to the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast, episode number 39 with Cliff Ravenscraft and Father Roderick. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Biggest Loser Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. And my name is Father Roderick. And we are here week after week to share our journey of living a more balanced and healthy life. And we do that surrounding our passion and our love of the television show, The Biggest Loser, which is one of our favorite shows. And of course, now back for its 10th season here in the U.S., Father Roderick. Yes, it's exciting. They are finally back, and uh, and and it was a good start. It's. I'm always surprised to see how, after ten seasons, they still are able to kind of reinvent the show or surprise you with the way that they introduce the contestants. And uh, and it seems like there are some more surprises for us in store in the next few episodes, uh, ju- just based on the preview that they gave at the end of the show. Well, I'll tell you, I am very delighted to see how they've introduced this very first episode, as you said, reinventing the way that they do things. And my impression here is this is by far the best way that I think that they could have started off the season as far as helping us to understand how they're determining who the contestants will be. I love the idea that this is going into the communities around the United States. They went to seven U.S. cities to to be a part of the community to motivate people, not just you know the friends of the people who have already been selected, but actually um, to to help motivate the entire community to root for these people, but to see that they need this help themselves, to see the challenges in the very first episode, uh, and to to see so many different challenges, the the five hundred steps or the one mile, regardless or uh, depending on which one it was. I really like the way that they did this. Yes, and there was a little bit of a surprise as well for the the people that had been selected for uh, for for this season, <clears throat> because every city had three contestants. But what they didn't know was that only two of them would go to the ranch, and uh, th- that was that depended on the outcome of 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 the uh, the challenge that they had to do, and so for uh, one out of three contestants initially, it was a huge disappointment. Because they failed at you know running the mile in time, or some some of them even collapsed, which is always a bit scary when you see that. And um, uh, just before we started recording the show, I had a little chat with the people in in the chat room, and some of some of them were complaining about that. It was like, how can you know the Biggest Loser exploit contestants like that? You know, the people can can die during if they've never done any exercise, and then they let them run a mile. Well, what you don't see on television is that. Um, First of all, these contestants are all selected, uh, and and they go through many many rounds of of uh, of selection because of course they not only do they have to be they they need to have a good and interesting backstory. They need to be able to lose weight. I mean, you don't you don't want contestants that have such serious medical complications and conditions that they 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 actually w- could die you know some people are just so ill and so sick that th- it would be a risk for them to be on the biggest loser and then of course um people have to also have a certain tv personality so they they want certain contestants that together form an interesting mix to watch and so <clears throat> the people that you see going through these first challenges in the first episode have been screened have been monitored there's a whole medical staff 
surrounding the camera crews. And so everybody is stand by and there's really nothing that can really go, that can go wrong. And so, but it is scary to see someone literally collapse after, you know, trying to run just one mile, which is not very much, but I guess with the stress and, and just, uh, well, I don't know, but people just get, get all wound up, of course, by this idea that if I don't make this, I'm not going to be at the ranch. And so, uh, so anyway, that was a <clears throat> that was a surprising way to kind of do the selection of the of the of the crew that is going to go to the ranch, and then in the final few minutes of the show, they gave they gave away that actually the 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 contestants that were eliminated in this first round will still get a chance to compete, and they're somehow going to be I don't know some other way that they can potentially uh, join the competition on the ranch. Nice. And I don't know if they all can go or whether there will be, you know, one challenge for the whole group and then just a few of them can go. I, well, we'll see. That's that's going to be the surprise of next week. The one challenge to rule them all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to say I, there, there were, I, you know, obviously uh, for those of you who maybe haven't listened to the Biggest Loser fan podcast in quite some time, or if this is your first uh, episode, we want to let you know we're not going to do a scene by scene synopsis of everything that happened in the episode. We, you know, for those of you who love the show as much as we do, you're watching the show. You don't need us to tell you scene by scene everything that happened. And uh, we recognize and realize there is a lot of you out there who will listen to the Biggest Loser Fan podcast who aren't even watching the show. And that's great. And we encourage you to do so because you really don't have to watch the show to 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 really benefit from Father Roderick and I sharing in the way that we do. And uh, so since we're not going to do that scene by scene, I do want to point out some things that that stood out to me. And I know that you've got some notes, probably Father Roderick, to, that sure. that you have there. Uh, one of the first things that that I I liked was um, uh, there was there was a girl. Her name was Jessie, and she said something when she was doing this 500 steps. And she, you know, obviously she was having a, a difficult time. She was about ready. Her her body's like, I just can't do this anymore. And she said something on the show that I absolutely love. And 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 it was, I know that 90 percent of this is mental. And, you know, it's just it's just a way of thinking. And and I know that if I tell my legs to move, that they will move if I mean it. And yeah. so I love that. That is that's something that I've learned from watching The Biggest Loser over and over again. It's not that they physically can't do it. It's just a lot of people don't believe they can do it. Absolutely. And that's that's um, <clears throat> something that a lot of the contestants will discover over time. And and that's why the whole training uh, by Bob and Jillian, who are the two trainers, uh, the main trainers of the of the show, um, <clears throat> what they will push the um, the contestants to is this moment where they realize that wait a second, I can overcome this mental barrier, and I am able to do so much more than what I thought I could do. And 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 one one thing that struck me while watching this first episode is that you see this temptation with some of the contestants to give up. You've got this negative inner talk, you know, and, and, and I think that we all recognize that where, you know, you look in the mirror and you're, you, you tell yourself, I'm a, you're a failure, you know, you should do mo so much better. And why did you let it get so far? And, you know, I give up on, I give up on, on myself, you know, I'm never going to be healthy. I'm never going to lose this weight. And it's this, this negative self-talk, 
that is that has been destructive in the past. It's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you tell yourself, hey, I can't do that, then your body won't receive any impetus, any any motivation to to actually try it and 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 surpass your initial um, uh, capability of what you thought you were able to do. And so <clears throat> the what what I, what always inspires me is to see certain contestants who f- during that first uh, that first um, well, selection um, procedure, discover that they they can push themselves and they're so motivated to get to the ranch that the goal is so valuable for them that that alone gives them the energy to to run that one mile. Even though if, 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 if they would have heard that they would have to run a mile, they would probably not have even bothered, you know, registering for, for the biggest loser uh, uh, selection procedure because, you know, it's, it's, it would, would have scared them too much. Yeah. So it's all, it's all in your mind. It is. And, and for some reason, for some people, there there's reasons for that kind of thoughts being in their mind. And, and I certainly uh, felt horrible for so many of these stories. But one of the stories that stuck out was a girl named Jessica who said uh, that her mom obviously had given her a lot of trouble about her obesity and her overweight her being overweight as she was a child. And one of the things that her mom would say anytime she saw her eat, you know, eating and eating and eating, she could, her mom would say things like, nobody's ever going to love you if you just keep it when, or nobody's ever going to love you when you get fat. Yeah. And, oh, you know, and, and I, you know, you hear a story like that and, and you, th- you, you picture that scenario in your mind and, and, and you want to think, man, what a, what an awful thing as a mother and and I want to say that I, I'm definitely not going to defend that kind of talk, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I would imagine that maybe that mom had the the right motives in mind and was trying in her, in her unfortunately t- terrible way to do so was trying to to try to coerce her daughter to not do these destructive things. Yes, I think it's an inability to realize that <clears throat> in education, it's. It's much more uh, effective to actually positively affirm someone and push someone in a direction than to scare someone with a negative approach. It's it's uh, like what what you had in in religious education. You know, I I know stories of my 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 parents who said, and they, well, in church they always told us if you don't go to church, if you don't pray, you go to hell, and and that scared them. And so you know, but it was a very negative type of motivation and so the moment that you know everything changed in society and in the church I was like well you know God is the emphasis was more like God is love and everything and I was like okay so I don't have to be afraid so I don't go to church anymore <laughs> and and so whereas if you if you help people discover you know the value of a relationship with God and prayer etc et and you make it something into something positive and, and it's enriching your life then well then you don't have to push your, your kids to go to church because they will they will understand it by themselves and I think that that is very true when it comes to um, education in general and also when it comes to self-esteem and and building self-esteem in the people around you and in, in, the, in your children it's it's like you you can never tell your children that you know if if they stay who they are or if they continue a certain behavior then they won't be loved anymore. That's that's the worst thing you can say. Yeah. Well, you know, along the lines of this whole parent slash child and, and weight issues kind of thing, another story that stuck out to me was a, a contestant. Her name was Sandy. She did not get chosen to go to the ranch. Uh, she didn't make it. 
Um, but her daughter, she one of the things she said in in the video where they explained who she was. Uh, she said that her motivation, one of her motivations for trying to get to the ranch was when her school. I think it was her daughter's school called because they were concerned she wasn't eating or drinking anything. And uh-huh. when asked oh, uh. about it, she said that her young daughter, I don't know, she looked like she was maybe, you know, 10 or 11 years old, says, listen, I just don't want to be as fat as my mom. Yeah. And, and completely dehydrated herself. And uh, yeah, that was that was scary. That is extremely scary stuff. And and as somebody who is a father, I have three young children and both my wife and I were extremely, you know, overweight. And in fact, in, in the obese category, uh, my wife, thankfully, is is now close. She's within, uh, I think, eight pounds of her her ideal weight, which is or her goal weight anyway, and that's awesome. I have lost over fifty pounds, and and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm still working to get out of the obese category. I I, I would give anything right now to be overweight. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but. Uh, you know, but the thing is, though, is is that I, I started to notice and look at the way that my children were beginning to follow in our footsteps, the way that they were eating. Obviously, they were eating the same things we were, but it was the way that they were eating, the amount of times that they were eating and, and just not thinking about anything. And my biggest concern as a parent was doing anything, trying to raise awareness to my children about the issues of overweight and obesity and all this other stuff. To the point where they were so scared that it might get them in a place where they're, you know, they turn to bulimia or anorexia or anything like that. I was really concerned about that. And and my wife and I decided it's like, you know what, we're not going to make a huge deal over this with our kids. We are going to make life changes. We're going to talk about the positive attitudes of uh, thinking about food and how it benefits our body. Uh, we're going to talk about um, the physical activity we're doing and why we're doing it because our, you know, to to get our bodies in good shape, and and so we've always approached this with our kids about talking about the positive effects of working out and eating right versus the negative effects of just overeating and not controlling yourself and and things like that, and of course the issues and topics of control. And 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 our desires for food and 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 all of this other stuff, it comes up naturally, but it, it's always in such a positive light. And we have seen some major changes, not all, only in Stephanie and I's lives, but also in the lives of our children. It's really awesome, and it's great to see how motivated they are themselves to, you know, to eat the right stuff, and that they even pay it forward, which is kind of the theme of this uh, this season uh, of the Biggest Loser. But your kids in school are are kind of spreading the word, isn't it? Yeah, they won't. They won't eat the. They watch the whole Jamie Oliver uh, program, uh, J, uh, whatever. Oh, the, the food revolution. Yes, <laughs> that's it. Food revolution. They watch that. Now they won't eat anything at the school cafeteria. They pack their lunch every day. Uh, their lunches are very healthy, well balanced meals, and uh, and they're very proud of that. And they're very vocal about why they're eating healthy. And it's like, do you know what the what's in those chicken nuggets? That's chicken nuggets with 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 rib meat. Do you know what rib meat is? And <laughs> it's like it's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's too that is funny. Uh, and it's it's uh it's great to see that they can have pride in the in their own changes and in the the way that they live now and that they're proud of that and that they celebrate that. And it's it's something that you sometimes <clears throat> uh realize after a while that wait a second, I have changed much more than I initially thought I, I would change. And um I was uh, the other the other day, I was at um, a cafeteria of a 
of a TV um, uh, production company. Um, and, you know, it's, I was, I was, I had recorded something for the radio and then I was staying over for lunch there and I, I picked the plate and then you've got this abundance of food. You know, normally I always eat at home. So it's, it's, it's pretty limited what I have in my fridge because I <laughs> make sure that when I do my groceries, I, I don't buy anything too nasty. But there I was at this cafeteria and they had like, you know, fr French fries and all sorts of fried food. And it smelled, I was starving, you know, I had eaten at six o'clock in the morning and then I had, uh, was, had, had been out for a run. And so my metabolism was just screaming, you know, I need food. And then you get these, all these very tempting um, uh, uh, meals and, and stuff that I would, that I loved to eat uh, just a couple of years ago. And I remember that a few years ago, I was in that very same cafeteria and I, I, at that moment, I realized that what I had on my plate two, three years before in the same spot, in the same location. And, and I just did a very quick mental calculation. I was like, I must have eaten, the, the last time that I was here, I must have eaten 2,000 calories at least in one lunch. Yeah. I was looking for, so where's the whole wheat bread, you know, and where's the, <laughs> the lean meat and so uh, some salad and... Um, and and the total count was perhaps 300 calories or 350 maximum. Oh goodness! <laughs> so and and said so those moments that you realize, well, wow, I really did change because in the past I wouldn't even think, you know, I would just go well like my, with my instinct. I was like, I'm hungry. There's all this good fatty food. Let's eat. Exactly, and 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 you know, I still struggle with with going into those places and wanting to eat that food. But uh, one of the things that I have noticed is that when I do sit down and I eat some of that deep fried food, I'm very thankful to report that it it's not as appealing and as appetizing once you actually eat it. It's like, yeah. wh what is that taste? We went it's to... Just, yeah. We went to Applebee's recently and um, as an appetizer, they gave this, they had free appetizer and, and by the way, I, I won't eat there anymore. I, I just decided it's like, I don't know why we went there. We hadn't been there forever. It's the first time we've ever been there since we've changed what we eat and how we eat. And, yeah. and it was just a, it was a dreadful experience. Let's put it that way. Uh, so they are not sponsoring this podcast. That's for sure. <laughs> But anyway, we—I don't know why, but uh, for some reason, they got, uh, the family decided to order the the free appetizer. They chose the deep fried mozzarella sticks. You know the bread sounds wrong in many different ways. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, they're very popular here in the states, and I will tell you, um, they they have this breading on them, and they're just deep fried. And it's like you eat it, and it's like, ugh. And, and it didn't have it didn't have any flavor at all. Other than grease. I mean, that was the flavor. And I remember loving those things a long yeah. time ago. And so, uh, but but still, there's it, regardless of what they taste like, the smell seems to bring back nostalgic memories of, of pleasant experiences. And I don't know if you experienced that. Oh, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of, you smell... Um, well, we've got different certain types of snacks that I associate with my earliest childhood when we would go to the swimming pool in the summer. And, you know, we would normally at home, we 
we didn't eat all that stuff. My 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 parents were especially my mom. She she never allowed us to eat junk food, and it was actually we she talked about it. But for us children, especially having friends in school who could eat all the junk food they wanted and then some, that was kind of like the forbidden fruit. You know, it's like. <gasps> Oh, I wish we could eat French fries for every every you know t- t- two days, and uh, as some of my friends did, and then once every once in a while we would go to the swimming pool, and we would save up some of our allowance, and we would buy those particular snacks, deep fried snacks, and mm. it was for us it was a prize, you know, it's like oh we've been waiting so long, and now finally we can eat this amazing divine food and you know if god exists and there's a heaven this is what we're gonna eat for the rest of eternity <laughs> and and so it was just kind of this feeling of bliss and happiness and 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 just uh, being outside in the sun and and then at the swimming pool and then feeling great and every time i smell that same snack it it is this positive feeling that comes back and yep. it's kind of it's literally comfort food but i have to realize that it's it's all in my head and it is, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, we are not just driven by our instincts and that we've actually also received our intellect that can actually, you know, put the brakes on our instincts and tell us, you know, okay, you might like that. And that is a positive association, but, you know, you might want to consider not eating it because it's not good for you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. And, and that's something that I think a lot of the contestants at The Biggest Loser will have to learn in the weeks to come. It's like in, they have the, they already have the, the, the positive, you know, the motivation. They want to be on the show, which is already a lot. I mean, to, to, to be willing to do that, to be wanting a change in your life, that's great, uh, no matter what the motivation exactly is. But then they will have to start forming new habits and instead of just thinking, oh, I'm hungry, so I'm just going to eat until I don't feel hungry anymore, let's develop some new habits of, well, first of all, let's let's think, what am I going to eat? And then how am I going to eat it? Just the other day, I had prepared some rice and some, you know, it was kind of an Asian dish. And um, and and I, I know what quantity is enough for me, but I was very, very hungry. And so I ate that plate in like five or six minutes. I was like, ah, mm, 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 this is good. And then I was so tempted to go back to the kitchen and take another plate, whereas my mind told me, hold on, this is your, you know, this is the maximum calorie allowance for you today. No more, you don't need it. Just wait. Don't, don't, don't plate up again. Just wait until your body, your, your stomach sends the signals to your mind that, hey, I'm full, I've had enough. And, and lo and behold, 10 minutes later, that signal is is brought to my mind. I mean, it's like I wasn't hungry anymore, mm. but it took ten minutes of of real, you know, like willpower to not go back to the kitchen and eat again. And that's the kind of habits. That's the stuff that you learn over time. That you know, don't just follow your instincts. <laughs> yeah, and there's one other note that I pulled out here. So we've talked about you know the these habits, these instincts, that going back and. And, and, and these positive mental, you know, things that tell us like, oh, this reminds me of a good time. Um, and, and we've talked about just being beat down and, and, and some bad programming from our past. But there are some other people and, and you know, this some of these stories just bring tears to your eyes. And, you know, you've, mm-hmm. you've got Ada who is who made it to the ranch. She's got two younger brothers who died. One died when he was, you know, just a young little boy. And 
then the her parents had another uh, son, and he died of infant. Uh, I guess uh, what the yeah. SIDS, sudden infant death syndrome, and of I course, know, Chinese, and Chinese, uh, Chinese girl. Yes, and yeah. so when she was sixteen years old, they had another child. And another little boy and when she was 16 years old they asked her to take the car and and i guess he was with her and uh you know she had just gotten her license and and stuff anyway she went out and she accidentally totaled her car i her and her brother made it through but uh her uh when she got back her dad started yelling at her and said something that will probably hardly ever leave her mind and that is what are you trying to do kill another one of your brothers and I'm like, you hear these stories, and uh, and and one of the things that really made me sad, and one of the things where I, you know, Ada did make it to the ranch, she's going to the ranch, but I'm I'm not sure if she has what it takes to make it yet because she says I know for a fact that if I make it to the ranch and if I were thinner, my parents would, my relationship with my family, we would be closer, and they would finally be proud of me. Yeah. And that that does not indicate to me that she's at a place in her mind yet where she's doing this for herself. She's still letting that that desire to please her parents control her life. And and the fact that, you know, I, I believe to be able to make this, you have to do that. You have to want this for yourself and not for someone else. And that's probably where the, the trainers play uh, an important role in, in getting to the core of the problem. And I wouldn't be surprised that that won't be the last thing that we hear from her. And and they will, she will have to make that change and discover that, that wait a second, the motivation that initially brought me to The Biggest Loser is still negative motivation. It's just my desire to be, to be loved. And I think that if I, if I, if only I were, were thinner, then my parents would love me, which is still um, uh, exposing yourself making yourself extremely vulnerable to rejection. And then once that rejection comes, then you, you might actually end up in a worse place than where you were. And so it's all about you know, finding your inner strength and starting to accept yourself and love yourself and, and thereby also hoping, you know, wanting something better for yourself. Exactly. Which exactly. is, by the way, not just being egotistical because I hear that a lot. I remember that when I started to talk about getting healthy and losing weight, I got a lot of comments from my colleagues, you know, other priests that would would, would tell me, oh, you're being, you're totally self-absorbed, you know, this whole cult of the body. Aren't you just completely following the trend of being only focused on yourself? And I think that is a very, uh, that's a wrong way to approach um, this whole issue. It's, 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 for for me, it's a it's a it's it was a uh, it was important to discover that I can only be at the service of other people and help uh, help other people if I first take care of myself as well. It's it's kind of the 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 thing in you know in the God in the Bible that, that Jesus says you know you got to love God you got to love your neighbor and you got to love yourself. Yeah, and and especially parents and and people that are in in a. a uh, working in a field like like I am, where you where it's all about serving other people, you often are tempted to forget yourself. And I think one of the contestants was, was a prototypical mom who always sacrificed herself for her children and never took good care of herself. And, and the result could be that she will get so ill and so obese and so handicapped that she won't be able to take care of her family. 
Well, we get we get on an airplane and one of the first things they do is they show you where the exits are and then they tell you about if there's an emergency where we lose pressure in the cabin, these masks are going to drop down. And the first thing they say to you is like, listen, before you help a child or anybody else, put a mask on yourself. You know, make sure that you have the oxygen and the energy and all the all the resources next uh, necessary for your mind and your body to function so that you will be able to uh, to use that mental and physical ability to then help others around you. Right. And, and it's I think no it's, different. It's very, it's very important to to turn it into practical um decisions about how you live your life and when it comes to the we've been talking a lot about food but the other part of the equation is of course burning the calories and that's all about fitness and finding time for physical exercise that too might seem you know oh it's all about me and uh, well i can't because i have to take care of my family i've, I've got to work i got to bring in the money etc but but there too you, you have to rem- remind yourself always that if you don't take the time to for physical exercise, if you don't make that an ingredient of your daily life, then <clears throat> you can work as much as you want. But what use is it if you lose your health? If you, you know, in some cases even lose your life, or, or you know, we've seen examples of of people that, due to their obesity and their lack of of um, of a balanced life, you know, get a heart attack. And, and this is not just about, you know, eating too much or not having enough um, physical exercise, but but what about stress? You know, people that think, I always have to work and I have a work, 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 work. And they are they feel guilty because they are they don't take enough time for their family. But and and it doesn't even cross their mind that, you know, they might even they might be able to reduce that stress and thereby the risks of you know, cardiovascular problems. By just taking some time for themselves and taking the time to sleep enough, to relax, to stop working for a change, you know, go out with you. With, okay, with enough with the guilt trip here, Father Roderick. I know, just say it. You're talking about Cliff Ravenscraft. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I was about to to make you an example for our listeners because I was, I was about to say, well, you know, I, the other day I read this tweet from Cliff who said, you know, I am just going away with my family and we're going to spend the day outside and we're just going to have a fun day and I'm not going to work. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. The, the, the thing is, is I have those days, but I still, I, everything you were saying though, I still struggle even with as far as I've come in my life, even with as far as I am in this journey, and I and I consider myself to be on the path, you know, I'm still there. I still so struggle with, you know, the idea of getting enough sleep, of getting out and going and doing the physical activity. Of, uh, I, I, it, it's so amazing how even I, I still I, I'm a I am a confessed workaholic. I am. And uh, it's one of those addictions that I have. I, I, I love the I love the work that I do. And sometimes I let it get the best of me. Well, thank goodness, because that me, that means that you're not perfect yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not perfect. And that, you know, how what a horrible show would this be if the both of us were constantly, you know, in our little ivory tower talking down to the people that listen to this show. Like, if only you would live your life like we do with plenty of balance and with all the. I would know, go for that. <laughs> I'd be OK with that. 
<laughs> I wouldn't talk down to people, but I would be okay with being perfect. <laughs> I like what I like about the dynamics of this show is that we often preach to ourselves. You know, yes. we, we try to share something and then we tell ourselves, mm, I might actually want to put into practice what I'm preaching here. <laughs> well, you know, Father Roderick, that I do podcasting and new media consulting work uh, mm-hmm. as my career. And, and, and I, I teach people and people say, well, how do you know, what about this? Should I do this? And and I'm sitting here t- telling people things that they ought to do as podcasters. And here I am five years into this thing and I still haven't done this. <laughs> it's like I'm sitting there telling people every week. Yeah, yeah, this is something you really should do. But please understand. And I, and I always tell people, it's like, do as I say, not as I do or <laughs> lack to do or or the lack yeah. thereof or whatever. But yes, that is exactly the dynamic of the show is, is if anything sounds like we're being, you know, all, you know, up and high and mighty and, and we're saying, ah, this is what you need to do. This is we're oftentimes we're not talking to you. You're just listening to the conversation. We're really talking to ourselves. Exactly. And we try to do that in a positive way because, you know, the inner talk, I, I love it. I've been following a bit of um, a, a training video and um, the host of that training video starts the first episode with like, never say to yourself, I can't do this, but tell yourself, um, I'm currently struggling with. And I love that approach. It's like always, also in your self-talk, be positive. Tell yourself you can do better than what you you do. And even if you don't, you're unable to realize that right now. Um, you know, we're starting a new season, season 10 of The Biggest Loser. That's a great incentive to get rid of those last pounds. You know, this is this is this is a new mo- new moment to 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 start and start again and and to uh, you know try to try to get a little bit further than than you got last season that's exactly right and one of the things that i love about you know is starting a new season of the biggest loser starting the beginning of a new month starting the i always look for the beginnings of a lot of things because um those always you know it's like hey it's the first of this and it's a motivator for me to say hey i'm going to do this i'm gonna make i'm gonna set a goal i'm gonna make a goal i'm gonna meet a goal i'm gonna i'm gonna push through and and I always look for new the the firsts. You know, the first of every month is always fun. The you know Mondays are always fun. It's the first day of the week. It's like you know what did I did I make some terrible mistakes last week? Well, guess what? Tomorrow starts a brand new week, and by golly, I will not be affected by my decisions of last week. I will make some new changes, some new decisions this week. So, what new things are in your life? That's what we want to hear. And uh, we want to encourage you and ourselves uh, to make these goals. And Father Roderick, um, my goal is to, uh, well, basically get back into daily physical activity. Daily. And I'm talking about a minimum of five days a week of getting out and walking. Now, I told you that I had a goal of 100 miles this month, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm right around, I, I don't know, I'd have to look, but I'm probably around the 40 or... 50 or I don't know but I should probably look what does it tell you what you tell me your goals and, and what's going on in <laughs> your personal life and then I will uh, tell you sure well I've got very simple goals and I, I gotta get rid of a few more pounds to get back to my 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 goal uh, weight and so and for me too I'm I'm uh, I want to get back to like regular exercise like running three times a week and I want to go to a gym I, I still I want to get a personal trainer and do uh, some more serious workouts there. So those are my goals. Oh, I like the idea of that because I know that that's something that you have you know really just put off. You know, it's like ah, I just don't know what the value is there. 
Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. So, <laughs> I, I have no problem exposing myself to the mirror uh, when doing exercises, but to have other people look at, you know, me being out of shape, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> That's difficult. Well, I just looked here. So far, I've walked 39.2 miles. in, the, And, that, of course, that's not just walking, walking. That is actually set aside going out for physical activity walking so far this month. 39.2 miles. Uh, but, I, you know, it's still possible. You know, I, I don't know. Just one week left, I guess. It, should, it could be possible to actually walk the other, what is that, 60 miles I need? <laughs> you can do it, Cliff. You can do it. We'll see. Uh, anyway, folks, what's your goals? What are you thinking? What are you doing? What's new for you? How are you being motivated? Give us a call on our voicemail feedback hotline, 859-795-4067. We're happy that The Biggest Loser is back, and we want to hear from you and help be a part of the community to encourage one another to live a more balanced and healthy life. And Father Roderick, what should uh, people do to follow you on uh, social media and in the internet space? Uh, just follow me on twitter.com slash Father Roderick. And you can follow me over there at twitter.com slash GSPN, stands for the Generally Speaking Production Network. God bless you all. And until next time, we encourage you to be a loser. <laughs> <laughs>